0: Um, You know We are uh, Founded as a Protestant Nation, I know you don't like that word But I'll I'll use it for now Um, And there's a debate Going on right now uh, Amongst mostly political conservatives Not so much in the church About classical liberalism Mm. Um, You know, Patrick Deneen's book And and some others on this topic Um, And classical liberalism refers to I take it referring to the political thought of behind the American founding Mm -hmm. Um, and something political conservatives hold very near and dear and you know I think I can sum up that uh, by saying that our schools and our most especially our government must remain neutral Mm -hmm. and uh, we talked about you talked about that a little bit yesterday but and it's also classical liberalism. I really founded on the Enlightenment philosophy, especially of John Locke. Yes. Um, is it is is this is that philosophy? Do you think it, its trajectory has led us astray, especially this idea of, of neutral ground?
1: Yes, it has definitely. Um, I'm, I have very little use, frankly, for classical liberalism. Uh, I think it has less led the West astray. Um, The way I came at that first, interestingly, was in my undergrad studies when I read the Dutch um, political philosopher, Groen van Prinsterer, who wrote a book, Unbelief and Revolution, in the um, late 19th or early 20th century, I forget exactly when. He was a precursor to the more well-known Abraham Kuiper. And Groen van Prinsterer placed the problem of, of classical liberalism um, with a notion of um, the sovereignty of, 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 the, uh, of the people uh, arguing, or, or at the civil contract, say, that we, that we agree upon. Uh, so we, we, um, uh, we, we view democracy as arising from below uh, mm. rather than looking at the uh, arrangements, political arrangements that we have as somehow overseen by and and grounded in divine providence, so we've removed God. Deism does this. Uh, the Enlightenment thought more, more broadly does this. We, we've removed God from the picture, and we've looked at all of our political constructs as arising from the human will. It's it's thoroughly voluntaristic. So classical liberalism, my understanding, is voluntaristic. Humphreys Prinster has pointed this out. I'm not sure if you've ta- I'm not sure if he talks about voluntarism per se, but he certainly talks about the civil contract that Locke talks about and rejects it uh, stringently and forthrightly. Um, so, um, although I'm no longer <laughs> a neo-Calvinist, that that critique of, of Enlightenment thinking has always remained with me, and that rejection of neutrality um, that Hrum and Prinster also, also saw as a problem has always remained with me as well. So yeah, I have very little use for political liberalism, and. Well, that doesn't mean a rejection of, of um, an involvement of the people in the government of the nation-state, per se, uh, on my understanding, what it does mean is that we should not place ultimate sovereignty in the will of the people, or in the will of anyone for that matter, um, because it, it invariably means that we've removed God from the picture.
0: I'm, I'm less critical of, of classical liberalism um, at least at its founding, than, than some of the modern critics. Only because, for instance, uh, you know when John Locke um, talked about this neutral ground, we're not going to have freedom of religion. And uh, what he was he was talking he was talking to an audience that was saying, well, we have we have Calvinists, we have Lutherans, we have Catholics, we have Eastern Orthodox. Um, the government's not it's not going to say which is the right religion, but of course. He was not considering atheism necessarily, maybe he was, Uh, but I'm saying he he was speaking to an audience that was still fundamentally Christian in their outlook, or much more so than we have today. That's certainly true. And now we're taking the same philosophy and putting it on a, a populace that is not very Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe 30% at most go to church every week.
1: Right. So, uh, yeah, certainly it's, it's more of a problem today because of the, of the greater variety of beliefs, um, non Christian religions, as well as atheism. It's, it's more of a problem today than it was in the 17th century. I, I do think it was a problem already in the 17th century. And I do think when I read Locke, um, or I, when I read Hobbes, um, the, there is a, a, a search for uh, not just a search for there is a, a strong insistence on uh, the notion that authority comes from below and I think that lies at the root of the problem and uh, rise, lies at the root of the neutrality that, he, that, that they both propose in terms of how to deal with confessional differences um, I think we too also as Christians we're, we're often too naive and to blithely assume, I think, that uh, the government can remain confessionally neutral. I'm not convinced that ultimately such a thing is really possible.
0: Is there such thing as neutral ground at all?
1: No, I don't think so. I think we ultimately um, uh, come from a particular viewpoint. Uh, we all do in, in all matters that we consider. And when it comes to important things such as political arrangements, moral decision-making uh, with a common a common end, um, the notion that this—that somehow we enter into a, a neutral terrain—seems to be a problem. Um, I, I really love Jamie Smith's new book um, on, on politics. Forget the title of it now, uh, but he has this this latest uh, book of his trilogy, which deals with politics, and he, he takes on the principled pluralism of neo-Calvinism, and he, he asserts in that book. He argues in that book quite well, I think that the so-called principled pluralism of neo-Calvinism actually means a retreat into neutrality so that the, 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 the neo-Calvinist insistence that we can all just get along from a different, different religious perspectives and, and that we need to bring these religious perspectives into the public sphere. And as long as we do that, we can get along just fine. I think he rightly argues that that essentially means um, that we've, we've accepted the notion of, of a neutral neutral terrain, where we all can just bring our, our viewpoints uh, to the fore. There's no such thing.
0: Do, I'm curious, does uh, Jamie Smith or, or you have, probably this is a difficult question, of course, but <laughs> is it possible to govern ourselves well? Or is, are we all ultimately, I guess Plato said, where all, all these systems, even the best, is destined to fail at some point? Um, and then, what should we I guess what I'm, I'm thinking of is we're, we're trying to politics is so much more in our minds I think than our faith as we go because it's on the news we're blasted with it it's the fight on social mm-hmm. media and we are always looking for a solution Right. Um, and that also means it crowds out uh, right. uh, our, our Christian approach we go to church, and then we go. Monday starts. We have work, and we have to deal with this political battle. Absolutely. Um, is there a way to govern, or, can we govern ourselves? And what is the, what should we be looking for?
1: It's a great question. Um, we cannot govern ourselves very well. I do believe uh, that the fall seriously affects us. <laughs> <laughs> I believe. It, I believe You'd there is so. such a thing as sin, and we cannot govern ourselves well. And. And that also means, I think, that there isn't some sort of ideal form of government, say democracy, aristocracy, or monarchy, or whatever, whatever you may have. Um, I think those in the past who have pleaded for a relative uh, indifference toward which form of government is the best, I think, had it right. There isn't uh, to, to say that democracy is the best of all, of all all forms of government, I think, is is, delu- is, is a delusion. It's not. It's it's a form that can, in some contexts, serve us relatively well, <laughs> but that that certainly isn't the one and only form, and, and not always the best. Uh, I'm thankful for our for for everything that dem- for a lot of things that democracy has brought us, but but um, increasingly in today's context, um, with a population that that um, is often not Christian and a population that. Uh, lives for the here and now rather than for the then and there, uh, democracy doesn't serve us very well often. Um, and it also seems to me that that in terms of this crowding out that you're talking about, um, because there isn't one form of government that is sort of the ideal and the and, and, and form for which we should strive, um, we shouldn't put our faith in politics. We should put our faith in, 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 in the church. Um, the church is far more ultimate um, than, than whatever political arrangement we may have. Uh, our, our, our Sunday Eucharistic service is far more important than uh, whatever political issues of the day we read about in the newspaper and we get all excited about in our discussions. It's not that those things don't matter. Um, and I'm not saying we should away from the vo- we should stay away from the voting booth, or you know that that's an individual judgment that people should 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 make. I'm just saying these things are of relative importance and far less important um, than the ecclesial community and then entering into the heavenly presence on Sunday morning. <laughs>